0: The show. Hey, it's such a hey, pleasure. Welcome. It's such a pleasure <laughs> to finally talk to you in person. I uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before. So the way you and I know each other is through seventy five hard, and I don't think we've ever talked about seventy five hard on the show. So for just kind of like a quick thirty seconds, this is literally probably the toughest program I've ever gone through. Um, it is a four phase program. It will change completely, challenge your mindset and mental capacity, and just um, make you realize like you are completely unstoppable. At least that's what it did for me. Um, but you and I know each other f- through that program. You were my, so whether you knew it or not, you were my 75 hard buddy. Like that's what I used to call you in my head because you and I started on the same day we connected like yeah. through Instagram, like, I don't know, like maybe a couple weeks into it. Um, and, re- and realized we we're on the same day. So like I would always see like your uh, daily postings and stuff and I'm like, yeah, she's still doing it. Let's go girl. So, um, Tell me about like what 75 hard did for you.
1: So it was kind of a catalyst into realizing what I am capable of because before I'd always start something and then something would come up and I would, you know, I'll, I'll restart tomorrow. Yeah. And the, This program, there's so much accountability and there's so much um, connection to other people like you and having that community, even though it's it's small and it's hidden to the people who don't know anything about it, it's large once you're in there. It's getting bigger.
0: It's crazy how much it's been growing. Like I still, because I'm still doing the phases. Well, I've finished the first phase and like I have stuff to do the second phase, but like it's crazy how big that thing's gotten. And like, yeah. I, so the guy that created his name's Andy Frisella. He's the CEO or first form. And um, he said something like at the beginning of the year, like 60,000 people have gone through it. Like they've been somehow able to figure out that number. That's crazy. Like yeah. he just started like a year ago and 60,000 people have already done it. That's insane. Like what was the yeah. big? what was the biggest lesson you took from that the whole program? Or at least the first part of it?
1: The first part of what I learned. Yeah. I
0: mean, what have you learned so far? Like, what's the biggest thing you've learned?
1: Just that I can do literally whatever I set my mind to.
0: Yep.
1: Anything. Like, it doesn't matter.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing for me was time. Like, all my lies about how much time I didn't have. Like, there's oh, such yeah. a lie. It's such a lie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You do have time for that. You just got to make it. Yeah.
0: You got to prioritize what you want. So yeah, a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago you had posted something on Instagram and um, this is what prompted me to want to bring you on the show. You posted a picture of yourself. There was a, like a side by side of you in 2015 and then you in 2020. Um, and you had mentioned that you had um, that there's been such a transition between those two people. So tell me a little bit about Emily in 2015.
1: So Emily in 2015 was carrying So much weight of just years of anger and resentment and frustration and sadness and all of these emotions that I wasn't properly dealing with. I was going to see doctors and they would put me on antidepressants, and I had really bad nightmares all the time. No figure, I was holding on to everything. And so i put on medication to stop the nightmares and just like every, every way that my body was trying to like create an outlet for these, these things that I was suppressing, I would get another prescription to bury it and bury it and bury it. And so I kind of just became this shell of a person that felt nothing, but was still holding it all in there. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it isn't there. Yeah, that's, so that's what that Emily was.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big thing that people do is like they end up burying feelings maybe and they don't yeah. realize they buried it or distracted themselves from it. So what, what kind of, what kind of things were you, were you burying at the time?
2: So uh,
1: I guess let me, go back to 2011. Um, that was when I was in my first marriage I was um, a new mom. I had a one-year-old. I was also a full-time student. I was going to school for architecture. I was also working full-time. My mom was living with me and my ex-husband at the time um, as our child care provider. And one day I woke up and I was getting ready for school. And I went and knocked on her bedroom door to give my son to her. So I could leave for the day, and I found her in her room dead. Mm-hmm. And that was the day that my whole life imploded. Um, everything just crashed down around me, and there was nothing I could do about it. Right. Uh, so, you know, once she died, I had to drop out of school. I had to leave my job. Obviously, I wasn't going to live in the home where she died, so I lost my home. Um, Me and my ex-husband ended up moving to a town where I had nobody. Um, And just to go from this person that was working towards their future in such a a forward motion to being this person that was stripped of everything that they had, Uh, I just, I lost. I lost myself.
0: Sure. So was I was. Gone. Was um. So, what your your mother's death was sudden. And then it was like she wasn't sick or anything, or had, had been.
1: No. So well, yes and no. My mom had an eating disorder for thirty years, um, one of which was bulimia. Um, she was also anorexic, but bulimia was the big one, and all that damage to her heart. In retrospect, it's honestly shocking that she lived to be 51 considering that she did so much damage to her body, but at the same time, um, you know, the weeks prior she would wake up and go back and she was just, she was an active, happy ish person. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, her death kind of came as like, Whoa. Okay. Um, yeah, Yeah. It, it was, it was a lot.
0: So it, it threw. It sounds like it threw kind of your life in a tailspin a bit. And
1: oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> so what? Tell me a little bit about that tailspin. Like, what, what you know, you said you dropped out of school. You had to move. You went to a place where you didn't really have anybody. Um, wh- what what was happening internally, mentally, with you that made you feel like you? I mean, I get the like moving part and everything. I get all that part. But like, why drop out of school? Like, what was the thought process behind that?
1: So my mom was um, our living, uh, nanny. Oh, basically. sure. Okay. And so once I lost her, I had no one to take care of my son. We couldn't afford daycare, right, so right. I just I fell back into that stay-at-home mom role, which um, I, I enjoyed.
0: Right.
1: However, I always had big dreams for myself. So to see those shatter in front of me, and to not see. A way to have that back, right? Because it just wasn't it wasn't feasible. Um, yeah, I I lost it, and shortly after, slide note, that school closed, and they were all non-transferable credit.
2: Oh,
0: interesting. So
1: for years, people would tell me, "Why don't you just go back?" And well, I'm not going to start from scratch.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Happen. Um, so what happened? as you were kind of figuring out your way. So you said that was uh, 2011. So what was happening between 2011 and 2015? Like what was, I guess my question is more around like, what happened in 2015 that you used that as like a, uh, as a a benchmark for yourself?
1: So that was the year my son turned five. And um, I didn't want him to have memories of me. Like that. Mm -hmm. And I can remember thinking back on like, okay, what is, what are the memories that impacted me as a kid? When did they start? And that was about when they started. And so to look at him and to see like, okay, everything that I'm doing right now is imprinting on his mind. And it just made me change every single thing about myself because I didn't have a choice at that point. It wasn't about me it wasn't about if i was sad it wasn't about if i was mad it was about do i continue the cycle or do i break it mm. and i chose to break it because i refuse to have a son that is emotionally broken starting from the age of 5 i'm right. not going to do it
0: right right so what were the what were the things that you started to Fix, I fix it. I don't know if that's the right word, but what are the things you started to work on about yourself at that point?
1: My first step was starting to cut off, cut out um, all the medication that I was on mm-hmm. because it was just making me numb, and I knew that I couldn't work through anything if I couldn't feel anything. Right. So I was. And I was on five different medications and I started one at a time, cutting it down to nothing, and the next one cutting it down to nothing, and the next one cutting it down to nothing. And it's a long process. Yeah. It took me about a
0: year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's interesting. I don't think we've ever talked about medications on the show before. So, what, like, I, so I personally have never taken any, right? So, what is that, what does the medication do for you? Does it numb you? Is that kind of what it does?
1: Yeah. So, um, antidepressants, they, for the most uh, part, for, for me, and I can't speak for everybody because for some people, they are life-changing in a positive way. Yeah. For me, they took my lows and they brought them up here, but they also took my highs and they brought them down here. Mm. So there was kind of a neutral feeling of nothingness.
2: Yeah.
1: No, I wasn't sad, but I also didn't have joy.
2: Right. It
1: was this this feeling of, Okay, this is this is life. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't turn one down without turning the other down. It's like the balance, right? Yeah.
1: The the dials they they coincide with each other. Yeah.
0: If you turn one, the other one turns too. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, So mentally, you started weaning yourself off the medications, which is great. Mm -hmm. Like, what were you doing to like supplement that though? Like, because I'm I'm imagining like if you're taking yourself off the medications, you're also doing something else to kind of counterbalance it. Were you like meditating at that point, anything like that to help you like balance it out?
1: No. So at that point I was doing um, it all in a very unhealthy way mm-hmm. because I I really didn't know better. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I used alcohol as a, a big crutch yeah, at yeah, that point yeah. because It wasn't something that would stay in my system for a significant amount of time, so it was if I was feeling really uncomfortable and you know the withdrawals were a little bit too much. Honestly, I would pour myself a glass of wine, and I would be okay. And that was awful, and I know it, and it it's bad, but that was that was what I did to get off the medication and it works unfortunately for yeah. me and I don't recommend it for anybody.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, but you know, it's the retrospective, right? Looking back on it, you kind of realize like maybe that wasn't the best idea to do, but it's it, and it
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Alcohol is just another, another numbing mechanism too though. right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And alcohol is a depressant. So yeah. I was literally fighting myself as I was trying to improve myself. <laughs> it's, it's wild.
0: Yeah. So tell tell me a little bit about the, the weight part of the journey. Cause I've seen pictures of you, you know, from that time frame and, you know, I see you now and everything. So I know there was a huge transformation there. Like, were you battling like being healthy, eating healthy back then too?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, my background, even from a child, my dad was always very um, health conscious and we never were allowed to drink soda. And I was always raised in a, I don't know, I was always athletic and so my weight problems came on with the antidepressants. Mm, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and that happens to a lot of women. That's how they their bodies react. You get on the antidepressants, you gain weight. It's just it's one of the side effects. Sure. Um and then with the the antidepressants and then the alcohol it kind of just I ballooned, literally. Is yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem. The problem ballooned is Um so yeah, and, and I did turn to a lot of food that I, I shouldn't have um, to cope, yeah. which again, I think a lot of women do. It's comforting.
0: Yeah. So as you were coming off the medication then, was the was the weight coming off then too, or did, were you like yeah. starting to exercise more and everything too?
1: Yeah. So the weight kind of came off really rapidly um, at first and it it would halt, I would gain it back and I wasn't really focusing on my my weight health so much as I was focusing on my mental health. Yeah. And so the weight kind of came slowly and then fast. Sure. Um but once I, I stopped drinking completely and I started really focusing on healing that's when the weight disappeared
0: interesting, like
1: that overnight
0: yeah so tell me about healing What did, what does healing mean to you or what did it mean to you
1: healing for me meant forgiving my mom for not taking care of herself long enough to take care of me long enough to be a grandmother i held on to so much anger about that like why couldn't she just take care of herself? Why couldn't she just be healthy for the people around her? Yeah. And, and the anger towards my ex husband, you know, why did he leave me when I needed him the most? Why did he leave me when I was hurting the most? And the answer to that is easy. It's because we were both so young. My mom died when I was twenty three. She was the same age, me, me and him the same age. So we were so young and we were trying to navigate not only death but loss of so many things and, and me going through this deep depression and resentment because while my life collapsed around me, my ex-husband continued on with the same job. He kept going to the gym every day. He never missed a beat. And while I became this recluse in my house as a stay at home mom, his life continued forward as though nothing happened. And so I became angry at him yeah. so healing to me also involved forgiving him and that's so important forgiveness like the more angry you hold on to you're not hurting the person you're angry at right. they don't even know you're angry yeah. you're only hurting yourself so I had to just I had to forgive him and move on and it's kind of ironic because I got remarried in 2013, but I was still hanging on to these feelings towards him because I never had a chance to process it. Right. Uh, and so that also meant my current marriage improved along with me forgiving my ex husband. I was able to refocus my energy on the marriage that I'm supposed to be nurturing. Right. So that was. Key.
0: How do you, what did forgiving look like? What did that process entail for you?
1: Telling him that I understand and that I get it, and that we were young, and I don't, I don't have resentment or frustrations towards him. I have have reservations towards (laughs) trusting him.
2: Sure.
1: Ever again, but I don't have. There's no anger there. There's no room for anger. We share a child together, it has to be a, a nurturing environment. Sure. You know.
0: Yeah. What um what about with your mom though? How did you how did you process through that?
1: It's hard to forgive someone that's dead.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean I could sit and have a conversation with the urn, you know. Yeah. But that's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. So honestly, my forgiveness with her is still a work in progress.
0: Sure. Yeah. No,
1: There's days where I, I, I try to understand, but then I, I look at my son and I look at how much he means to me. And then I just, my understanding for her goes right out the window. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, how in the hell did she do what she did? Yeah. Looking at me as a child, how the selfishness, sure. you know, I'll never understand. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't have to understand. That's not, it's not my job to understand everything about other people. All I can do is not hang on to that shitload of crap that came along with it.
0: Yeah. I think, um, so as part of my journey, I had to do some forgiving too. And par- I think part of it for me was learning how to, let go of expectations and not expect a response to it so like the closure itself was like within right like like that's where you find closure in my opinion you find closure within and you it's it starts with you and it's letting go of expectations forgiving somebody who has passed away has been interestingly difficult um because like you can't talk to that person you know and that's where it's like how how do you get it all out And you know, and you're really not going to get a response, right? Because you're looking for that response, you're looking for that feedback. Like, tell me what you were thinking, kind of deal, right? And it's it's just not there. But and it takes a long time. It really does. Yeah, takes a long time to get there. You got to go deep within. That's the key. is Once you get within, oh for sure. Yeah, I don't think that's what people realize. Like, um, they expect it to be external, like that closure. They expect it to be external. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to hear have that one conversation or just that. I want to understand this one thing and it's like, no, no, it's all inside. You got to figure it out inside. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned breaking patterns and you mentioned your son and making sure like he, he doesn't have some, you know, some of the emotional baggage that goes along with this. And I mean, obviously there's a huge tons of research behind we are who we are because of where we came from because of our parents and our generational kind of things. What is, is breaking patterns still something that's conscious for you? Like, do you still think about that now? Every day. No, interesting. So tell me about that. Like, what are the thoughts around that?
1: So I think a big part of who I've become as a parent is understanding all of my flaws and knowing that even though I've made all these changes, I still fuck up. Yeah. We all do as parents. Yeah, for sure. Daily. And so what I've made a conscious effort to do with my son, which I never had as a child, is I will apologize so fast. Sure. If I know that I just raised my voice for literally no reason other than the fact that maybe I'm a little tired, I will turn my happy ass around and I will walk up to my nine-year-old and I will say, you know what? You didn't deserve that. Yeah. I am so sorry. You did nothing to warrant that. That was all on me, not on you. Yeah. And so I'm taking that burden off of him of like, why did I just get yelled at? Well, now she knows that he got yelled at because his mom was a little frustrated with herself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And do you explain that to him at night? Like explain like where it came from versus it not being about him really? What do you mean? Like, cause you can tell him, look, I'm sorry. I just had a rough day. But do you explain why, like, what was the rough day?
1: Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. For
0: sure. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, su- I think that's super important as a parent. So they understand like, yeah, you can have bad days too. And here's the reason why you have bad days. And that's why hopefully it ingrains in them. Like it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to, and as long as you're saying you're sorry and you understand why it really happened that way. Like that's, that's a huge self-awareness lesson for them that if you keep yeah. doing it consistently, it reinforces that with them.
1: Yeah. It's, kind of, it's funny because it, it's rolled over into his behavior because yesterday um, <laughs> I came home from work and he had a whole sheet of sentences written out mm-hmm. saying, I will not lie anymore. I will not lie anymore. And I'm like, what is this? And my wife was like, well, he can explain it to you. And he he didn't necessarily lie, but he said something believing it was true, which a lot of kids do. Yeah. And then there was that realization that, you know, an hour or so later of like, that wasn't true. Yeah. And so he went to her and he was like, oh, I lied. My dog is having a puppy dream. <laughs> he went to her and, and told her. So, you know, she had him write out the sentences. And when I, I got home and I, I asked him about it, uh, he was like, well, you know, he explained the situation. I said, well, I mean... I don't really know if that's necessarily lying maybe it's kind of okay and he's like is it though
2: mm, interesting is it? yeah it's like,
1: interesting well, maybe not maybe you need to be more aware of what you're saying you're right you're probably correct
2: here
0: and see and what an awesome lesson as a nine-year-old to have that self-awareness that's so good I know. yeah like how many nine-year-olds like i can tell you my 11-year-old son there's no way like <laughs> unless we point it out to him he's like nope I, you know, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool that you're that you're doing that for me. And you're breaking that cycle and you're changing his life and that's amazing. So Yeah. So today, so you, you've had this kind of five year transformation and this the work continues, right? It's not like it ever stops. It keeps going. And I think every day. Oh, that's the challenge. So for everyone listening, it never ends. Like you have to get your head around this. It never ends. You will never make it right. You will always, if you're doing it right, you will always be working to improve yourself, better yourself, provide better opportunities for yourself and your family. It just, it doesn't end. And like the voices don't stop. The dark times don't stop. They just got to keep working. So what today, what helps you get through those rough days, darker days?
1: You know, that's a complex question.
0: (laughs) Is there wine involved?
1: Um, like no, there's no, there's no alcohol yeah, involved. That's funny. Um, and that's a big part of my life now is, you know, I have to, I have to face things head on and, and there, there is no, you can't escape it. You can bury it. You yeah. can stick it in a drawer. You can throw it in a closet, but it's still there and it's not going anywhere until you pull it out. And you look at it and you handle it. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable and it sucks, but it's the only option. Otherwise, next thing you know, all of your closets and all of your drawers and all of your whatever are filled with all this shit that you eventually have to get to. Yeah. So why not just deal with it as it comes rolling in?
0: Do you, can you catch yourself when you're burying something? No. Oh, interesting. How does like how did you that's a skill set, I believe. Like, how do you how do you do that? How do you get to that point where you can catch it?
2: It's it's
1: just a habit you have to get into. Honestly, it's not even just. It doesn't even become like a constant awareness. It's a constant check in with yourself. Yeah. Just every couple minutes, like. Am I good right now? Is there anything that I'm holding? No. Okay, move on. And it comes with checklist that you go on, you know, every 30 minutes throughout the day. Like, did anything bother me that I didn't address? No. Okay, we're good. And then if there is something, you address it.
0: I love what you just said. The two questions you asked yourself. Am I good right now? And is there anything that I'm holding? Powerful, powerful questions. Because if the answer is yes to the holding one, then the third question has to happen. What am I holding? And and then why am I holding? And what am I feeling? And why am I feeling? And I think the the question I started asking myself, and this has been fairly recently, is what do I need right now? Yeah. And
1: and I'm going to add a bonus question to that. Okay. Is it worth it?
2: Oh. Is
1: what I'm holding on to worth it? Interesting. Because I promise you, nine times out of ten, the answer is going to be no.
0: Yeah. And
1: then you can just throw that over your shoulder and move on real fast. Yeah
0: yeah that's good too. The other one that I just thought of too is like what can i con- what can I control right now? yeah, and nine times ten is like nothing. I can't do anything about yeah. it right now, and then it's like, okay, then why am I nothing. hanging on to this like yeah, no, that's good yeah. that is it worth it and that's really good. I'm gonna add that to the question cycle here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um Tell me what's, what's the why now? Like I know you you had mentioned before you were doing this for your son. You know, what's, what's your why? Is is that still your why today?
1: Absolutely. Mm. It's so the reason that he will continue to be my why is because he is what matters the most. And I know a lot of people probably will disagree with this statement, but I believe that as a parent, as a mother, When you choose to become a parent, you are choosing to put yourself second. And again, I feel like a lot of people will disagree with that. However, they did not choose to be here. We chose to put them here. And that is a choice that comes with a lot of responsibility. And he has to be by Y until he's old enough to you know I, I, honestly there is no old enough here because yeah. when my mom died i was 23 and i still needed her i still needed her to show me how to how just how how to do things as a mom how to do things as an adult and i needed that and so i don't think your kids ever stop becoming your why at least in my life yeah no. so
0: yeah, yeah. I, I would be one of those people that would challenge um putting your children's first in the sense of so my why is about me but the reasons for my why are my kids and so if I'm good with me first and I'm okay with me first and I'm happy with me first that's going to by default make things better for my kids my relationship with them the things I'm providing for them all that right at least that's my I'm gonna
1: have to agree with you on that yeah actually because I will say you know there are times when I say I'm going to go to the gym and he'll be like, well, why don't you hang out with me? Because I need this yeah. to be happy.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, So you're right. You're right. Yeah. I guess they, they are hand in hand in my, in my life.
0: Yeah. It's a balance, right? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You're going to make sacrifices of your own, maybe priorities or whatever for them. And, but you also have to find the balance of like, there has to be some sacrifices made the other direction too. Cause I've seen too many times where people like, I live for my kids and they do everything for them. And it's like they, they completely sacrifice everything about themselves, their hopes, their dreams, the things that they want to do. And then all of a sudden their kids go off to college and they're like, what happened? Who am I? You know, that's when the. Oh yeah. 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 So I think. Yeah. If,
1: no, maybe, maybe the way I word it isn't No, no, I think you're good
0: because you, under, I think you understand the balance between the two. Right. You understand that there, there is a balance. Right. And, and it, I think it's, I challenge people when they say, so any, any, anytime I ask somebody about their why, and if they say it's something external to them, I challenge them on that because I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? Because it's like, there's going to come a point where that external thing is going to take a different direction and maybe you may not like it or it just may change things. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what have I been doing? Right. Um, but I think you've got the right balance. I think, I think it sounds like you've got the right reasons for your Why? And you, and it's about your 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 son, but you also know and you're conscious about. Look, I guess I got to take care of me too, and that's super important. Yeah. What um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of circle back this a little bit to 75 hard because I meant to ask okay. this question at the beginning. What made you want to do 75 hard?
1: Oh gosh, so I hate this question because <laughs> I did not know 75 hard existed yeah. until. Three days before I started it. Holy
0: smokes. Okay. So,
1: yes. My wife had been following Andy on Instagram and listening to his podcast for a while before she decided to share the information that he existed, Yeah. which I still harbor a little (laughs) bit of like, what the fuck? But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So one day she, she, you know, she works from home a lot. And so I, uh, I got home from work early and I, into the office and she was like hey listen to this and so i listened to the, the hour long i think it's like 57 minutes the podcast about 75 hard yeah and uh she's like what do you think i'm was like, I'm down yeah do it let's go and so that's, yeah I, I mean i had no idea who he was that there was even a community out there about this i had no idea about any of it yeah but i was all in the moment i, I got done I, you know hit stop
0: on that that podcast and i was like let's go yeah i love it i love it yeah that's pretty good like three days and then you jumped right into it that's impressive like i had sat on that i think for maybe four or five months before i decided to go to go all into it Man. yeah i did
1: facebook groups on 25 would rip you up oh I,
0: I know i get it like and even now it's it like i'm hesitating i i'm going into phase three and i'm like okay when do i start phase three knowing when i have to start because you know there's a, for folks that don't know yeah. what we're talking about there's a specific time frame you have to do the last phase it has to be 30 days from when you started 75 hard originally and so like i'm like okay where's phase three and how does like this whole stuff with corona and like oh yeah i'm like my excuses are lies right now because i am super like oh i don't know if i want to do phase three quite yet um yeah so uh oh I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, anyway, so I we sh- I'll post the the episode with Andy where he talks about 75 hard. It is something that will again, I said at the beginning, completely change your life, um take over yeah, your life in absolutely. crazy ways. Um oh actually, let me ask you this. Like so you were doing 75 hard with your wife, so your your family was kind of in 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 it, like they you guys totally. were all in. Yeah, that's awesome. Did anybody around you was like, what the hell are you doing?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> My favorite moment during this was um, when I was at work one day, and I was a, man- a manager at a gym. A gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the GM there said, "Is this the healthiest thing for you to be doing right now?" <laughs> and I was so perplexed yeah. by this this man who is super into fitness has been in the gym industry, the fitness industry for years. And he was trying to question whether or not I was taking care of myself properly during 75 parts. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, If getting sunshine for 45 minutes a day and getting a, another workout in for 45 minutes a day and keeping myself accountable with my diet and drinking a gallon of water and breathing is detrimental to my health. Then I've been going about life
0: all, all right. wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's brutal though. Like I know I definitely wasn't sleeping as much cause I had to get up earlier to get both workouts done in the morning <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. You lose so much what sleep during this sleep? time. Yeah. Yeah, you lose so much sleep. But I think the thing is, it's the mental part of it. Like when you look at the checklist, there's so much physical pieces of it. Yeah, you have to work out twice a day. You know, you have to follow a strict diet, all this other stuff. But it's the mental. Like, you, oh, man, I can't even explain what this does for you mentally. Let me ask you this. So when you got to like – so my, my 75 heart, like the first seven days, you're like, okay, cool. This is good. I'm, I'm good. Like I can do this yeah. usually right around day 10 to 12. Really you're nice. like, what in the F am I doing? Like day like, yeah, day 10, like day 10 to 15, you're like questioning life. Like, why am I doing this? Cause all the initial excitement goes away. Yeah. W- what happened for you right around day 20, 21? I want to see if you had the same experience I did. What ha- Can you remember around day 20 to 21? Like how, what was your mindset like?
1: So actually, um, that was when a lot of my son's Cub Scout meetings were like, they were back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like at least because my days kind of rolled into each other. I yeah. think they do when you're in 75 hard. Yeah. And I remember I was at one of his meetings and it was at eight o'clock at night and I knew I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh my God, what is happening to my life right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my cousin was there. And he looked at me and Abby, my wife. He looked at us, and he was like, "I can't believe you guys are even here right now." <laughs> I was like, "I can't either."
0: <laughs> yeah, right around day
2: twelve. Yeah, right
0: around day twenty, I started judging everybody around me. Anytime I would hear anybody say, "Oh, I don't have time to do something," I'm like, "What do you mean you don't have time? Of course you've got time. Oh yeah, you can make the time if it's like." Oh, I got so judgmental, so so judgmental yeah. of everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. And then day 30, it's like, you're in the grind. Like it's usually like by day 30, you're completely unstoppable. You know, all your excuses were always lies and like, you're just, okay, now it's time to grind it out. Like, we're just going to get it done. It was so crazy. Like the, 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 shifts in all the minds and everything.
1: Yeah. Did you notice that my progress pictures look a little less angry as I went <laughs> on?
0: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You were, you were
1: they super. started out real angry.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and then towards the end, I remember, I do remember that at, at the end, you had like the biggest smiles in your pictures. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, It was really, really cool. 3am and
1: there I was.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, how how is she doing it? Cause like my 3am sucks. Oh, and the worst, like, I don't know if you had to travel. Did you travel at all during 75 hard? No. Oh, I had to travel a few times and it sucked. It was like the worst. Like, you know, you're in a different city and you're like your routines all messed up and like the food is different. Like you got to make sure you don't, you're not cheating on anything. And it's like, Oh, yeah. traveling. And in fact, I ended 75 hard traveling. Like my whole last week I was traveling and it was just like, man, this is crazy. Um, I all right. I
1: have to host a couple events though. That made it really rough. Oh, yeah. They both involved alcohol. And I was the one pouring it. And I'm like, man, I could really use a glass of wine right now. I remember that.
0: You guys were doing like some yoga or something. And you were like a wine yoga yeah. thing, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this guy's a suck for her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I still, I do enjoy wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've never stopped liking it. Yeah. I, I may only drink it two or three times a year. Yeah, but yeah. man, I like it.
0: That's awesome. All right, Emily, where can people find you?
1: So my Instagram is fitness underscore nutrition underscore mama spelled m-o-m-m-a and that's me
0: okay awesome we'll be sure to post the link uh or we'll we'll have the link in the post for the show all right last question what's the what's the legacy you want to leave on the world
1: the legacy i want to leave is the woman who rescued as many animals as she could (laughs) and created the husband that every person would want to have with her son because i want him to be the man that this world deserves Mm -hmm. that is what i want to leave behind
0: that is really really interesting creating the husband everyone wants to have because of the lessons you taught him and the tools you've given him that's awesome.
1: And I want him to carry that forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. It was such a pleasure talking to you and finally catching up with thank you, you in for person. Having me. Absolutely. Um, if you want to check out our website, please visit stormchamp.com. There we have links to all of our social media and our past episodes. Emily, once again, thank you so much.